0: I'm Stephen Maurice, and this is Perspectives. A few episodes back, we posed the question, how can we make the changes that are needed to make the culture of hockey reflect the current realities of this country? In that episode, two-time Olympic gold medalist and hockey broadcaster Cassie Campbell-Pascal gave us her take.
1: You know, in the women's game, we, we accepted everybody, you know, and then I think that's something that the men's game can probably learn from.
0: The issue of diversity in hockey is a big one, and with February being Black History Month, we're approaching it today from the perspective of another former player. Mark Fraser played in the NHL for almost a decade for the New Jersey Devils, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Edmonton Oilers. He retired in 2020. Now he's back with the Leafs, this time not as a defenseman. His new position is Player Development Lead for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. We invited him on today to tell us about his role with the Leafs, changes he's seen in the game, and the work that still needs to be done. Let's get started. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Stephen. Pleasure to be here. It's not every day we get a former NHL player on the show, so I have to take advantage of this. I know you're only a couple of seasons removed from being on the ice as a player, but what memory of your time in the NHL? stands out for you the most looking back
1: that's a good question um it's hard to pick at times individual moments I mean my time spent with the Maple Leafs that entire sort of shortened season the twelve thirteen 13 season was remarkable I mean my first game for the Devils was actually in Ottawa my hometown so I mean that was amazing that was one of the most memorable things <laughs> my first fight was against a guy like Chris Simon, which I don't know many would remember. Yeah. But one of the yeah. <laughs> scarier guys who played when I was a kid growing up. So that wasn't my intention, you know, scoring my first goal against Mark andre Fleury. Those are things that are like pretty cool moments. But more than anything, I think some of my most memorable is just the, the relationships, the camaraderie, like the things that actually happen off the ice, meaning just kind of moments in the locker room or certain road trips or dinners or hotel hangs with the guys So that type of bond and and the connections that you have with guys away from the ice is something that I think will always be one of my lasting memories.
0: And now you're back with the Leafs in a different role. We'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. You mentioned that you grew up in Ottawa. Ottawa is your hometown. We'll get to the subject of sort of inclusion and so on in hockey. And I think things have gotten better. But when you were coming up, did you experience challenges or difficulties as a person of color playing, I'm guessing, with mostly white kids?
1: Yeah, I I did. I think my first, like, real racial encounter in hockey, I was about 14 or so years old, and, and it was just, I was in a penalty box, I think, maybe for a coincidental minor penalty, and I had some adults, I don't know if they were parents or not, but, like, hanging over the glass and yelling and sort of yelling taunts and gestures at me. And that was one of, those, I think, yeah, the first experience I really had was at a age where I still wasn't quite piecing together, like, what had happened, other than adults yelling <laughs> at me and saying things for some reason, it was more the reaction I saw from our parents and the parents on my team asking me like what was said, what was happening. That made me realize the severity, I guess, of of the issue, and that was unfortunate. You know, because you're you're a teen. You have a lot of things to a certain extent, not a lot of things, but you have some things understood, but definitely still very naive and mm-hmm. immature and inexperienced in a lot of ways. And I would say that I thrived. Like a lot of my best buddies are guys I played hockey with, guys that either went to school or, or grew up playing hockey with. I mean, that was very, I think, like consistent with a lot of youth in Canada who grew up playing hockey. At a young age, you might acknowledge that others look different than you, but you don't really know what that means. And you certainly don't think to look at anyone differently because of that. So a lot of my best boys were all white guys. Mm-hmm. I definitely have diverse friends now. But that was the environment I kind of always grew up in. I mean, I'm also biracial, so I could just as easily go to a family event and outside of my siblings or my father, you know, my family's all going to be white. So it was definitely an environment I was comfortable in, but it's funny. I I'm sure we'll touch this a bit later. It's, I realized later on in life, and certainly as I turned pro and, and hockey became more of a job and every day thing, and I got further and further and deeply ingrained into the pro side of it, that's when I started to feel different. By being a, a biracial black guy in these spaces where when you're a kid, you don't really focus on you. I mean, and my dad was driving me to most of this, the game. So like I didn't feel like an outsider in that sense. Right. But at the pro level, when things started to get a little bit more systemic, even at juniors, to be honest, it was more of a conscious presence. Like in, in your mind that every day you kind of walk into the arena, you're the only one who's going to look like you. So that was definitely easier when I was a kid because he didn't certainly didn't think Mm -hmm. of it. And it wasn't like my life wasn't identified as a hockey player when I was, you know, seven or 10 or 14. But as I was 18 years old and on, that was something that I had to accept and deal with and and navigate a lot more.
0: I don't want to dwell on this too long. I really want to get to what your role is now with the Leafs. But I do want to just stay with that for a second. I mean, there continue to be incidents that you hear about, you know, racial incidents in hockey, maybe more at minor league levels as opposed to the NHL. It was that incident not long ago in the East Coast Hockey League where a player was making racist gestures at Jordan Subban. That player was ultimately suspended indefinitely. How do you see the like the evolution of the efforts to tackle those things? Do you see it evolving? Is it getting better? That's a good question.
1: The short answer is, is yes. And an example with the Jordan Subban incident that was recently following another one with another black player just weeks prior, having already kind of seen that one, the Jordan Subban one on social media, it was about a day or two later, I was just by myself in my living room watching Hockey Night in Canada, and it was Calgary Edmonton Oilers game. So being in the East Coast as the later of the two in the West Coast game. And they talked about it in the intermission. And I remember thinking back to when I was a kid watching these doubleheaders staying up late. And thinking, I never would have seen this story kind of getting light when I was a child growing up, but now it is. So in that sense, I think the fact that there's more of a spotlight being shone on these negative events when they do happen, I would say does point to the evolution of the game trying to change. Now the game, much like my environment growing up in auto as a kid, is very much, you know, white people. And there's still a lot that needs to be learned. There's still a lot that needs to be understood. There's still perspectives that just haven't been had by a large number of the hockey community because plain and simply, these things don't happen towards them. They're not directed towards them in the same capacity that they are. And it's not bold to say every day for a black hockey player. They might not be aggressive, blatantly racial things, but certainly daily microaggressions is just normal existence for black or BIPOC players in, in hockey. So I think the evolution is starting to get better, yes, but there's still so much more to come. The thing that I guess is optimistic in this sense, people are trying to address it. People are trying to punish those who are responsible. And those are the types of things that just never really existed. There is a little bit more protection being put in place now for black hockey players where I can't honestly say that there's any protection ever before.
0: Right. So in your new well new it's a year old a year or so you've been in this role with the maple leafs can you describe what that role is and how did you end up in that space
1: yeah it's a very unique role and part of it is because uh it's never really existed before so my responsibilities are everywhere from creating uh an education and sort of awareness training for our players and for our team staff for the whole organization essentially Beyond that, engaging with new equity-seeking community partners in the grassroots hockey space in the GTA and kind of everything in between. So the value that I bring is being a former player myself, actually having sat in that actual locker room and being able to now engage or share these messages with the players has created a bit of a normalizing of some of these topics that it's okay to be afraid to ask questions at times because of fear of you know putting your foot in your mouth or coming off insensitive or sounding ignorant or naive. rude. But the important thing is we can't just allow that anxiousness or nervousness that sets in be a reason to not ask these questions because then our education never grows. Then our learning, our growth, our awareness, understanding other perspectives, curbing our own bias. Those things can't happen unless we're actually talking about this stuff. I've sat in that actual room and had things that have been said to me, whether it's from a fan or a media member or whomever, and you kind of want to like say something to somebody, but then you look around the locker room and you literally say to yourself, well, who in here would actually ever understand what I'm talking about? Because there's not a single person who looks like me who would see where I'm coming from. So there's a lot of other lanes to what the job is beyond that. But more than anything, it's working with the entire Maple Leafs and MLSC organization to figure out we need equity, diversity and inclusion to be in the forefront of all of our minds. And just recently, we've kind of been seeing some of the fruits of that labor come out again in response to the Jordan Subban incidents it wasn't something that was even actually on my radar to respond to because as a black hockey player my bias was this happens all the time to us so if I'm going to talk about it all the time it's the message is going to be drowned out but it was our white leaders and John Tavares and Sheldon Keith, Kyle Dubas our, our general manager and head coach Craig Moore and and Ryan Hardy for the Toronto Marlies reaching out after those moments like Jordan and Boko happened saying is there something we can do for our black players a way that we could show support to them in these moments that was one of my most proud moments because it showed some of the work of what I've been doing in my role.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing I'm really excited about is this season, the Toronto Maple Leafs, we have our first official Black History Month game. And from our pregame ceremony to integrating different Black alumni we've had, and just taking the theme of celebrating Black excellence. And I've been very proud of that. And and, and the, sorry, the last part of your question was um, just kind of how it came to be. And, and it was really just everything, as you touched on, I retired in 2020. So it's been a couple of years now. And everything that happened post George Floyd's murder and i just found myself at a very it was a tough summer for me um emotionally and just navigating um just just navigating where i fit in 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 society and hockey and and how the the racial divide that that incident with George Floyd had had sparked and then continuing on when the uh, hockey and the rest of the sports is shut down and, and they returned to play in the bubble. And it was the Maple Leafs players who decided to wear Black Lives Matter t-shirts and showing support. And that single moment, that single gesture was so impactful and powerful to me because I had never ever in my career. And at that point I was 33 years old. So in about 30 some years of hockey, I never felt that support from my peers before. It was maybe a message I didn't know I needed to hear before, but that small gesture of them wearing those t-shirts with the three words on it spoke so powerfully to me that I reached out to Kyle Dubas requesting some time to chat and encouraging the team that this is a good time to look for, to consider diversity and inclusion type roles in hockey. I feel the Maple Leafs are a great organization to start it and I would love to be a part of that. And seven months later, a job opportunity was created and I got a chance to apply and the rest was history.
0: People use the word allyship a lot these days. Without using that word, I think you kind of referred to that a few times in the course of that answer. I guess that's how it manifests itself in hockey.
1: Absolutely. Just sparing us having to relive trauma, talk about this topic again at, at, at exhaustion, having others who don't have the lived experience or don't look like us or, or really can actually admit, I don't understand what it feels like, but I certainly can ha- have your back and support and say, hey, I'll feel this one. You don't have to. That amount of support means so much because it doesn't only send a powerful message of allyship to black players or black stakeholders in hockey, but it does a lot, I believe, to encourage our other white peers and colleagues to do the same. We've been speaking out on it for centuries and it hasn't really changed. So we need that allyship and that support. and, And those have recently been showing up in moments with our club.
0: It seems like changes are happening within organizations like the Maple Leafs, but also sort of more broadly within the community. With programs, not to toot our own horns, but Scotiabank's Hockey for All program, what kind of role is that playing, or how does that make you feel that it's spreading more broadly within the community?
1: Absolutely. No, and you're, you're totally right about that. To be frank, we can't have enough of the different types of support. It can't just be from NHL clubs. It can't just be from fans or different stakeholders. It needs to be from everyone, including uh, partnerships. And I do see Scotiabank as like a leading partner in in trying to foster some of this change and create inclusive spaces and create powerful messages of equitable opportunities and the importance to diversify and show that representation at all different levels. It all creates positive impact and change for our youth and for the culture of hockey.
0: Okay. Last question. You've been in the job with the lease for a year or so. What does success look like ultimately? What's your goal for this role?
1: I think seeing more. People who don't look like me, people who would be considered the majority in a lot of spaces, most certainly in the hockey community, being vocal because we're resilient and we'll do it regardless. But what success looks like for me is where we don't have to field all this on our own shoulders and we have a lot more support and the burden actually feels lifted because everyone else is a part of this fight now and it's not just our fight with support from some others so that our few of us here in the minority don't have to constantly live through exhaustion and trauma and on emotional roller coasters just to be a part of this great game
0: well i think that's a great way of wrapping it up mark i want to thank you very much for coming and joining us today it was really great to talk to you i really appreciate the time again steven thanks for having me on I've been speaking with Mark Fraser, Player Development Lead for Equity, Diversity and Inclusion for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You've been listening to Perspectives. Please follow and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. For a transcript of this episode, visit our website, scotiabank.com slash perspectives. We'll see you next time.